When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Whoa, whoa, yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Guests appear on the Smile Baby. Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, the live from the Service so Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM Baby. ESPN. We took a trip, now we on your block, and it's like a ghost town. Baby, where did these be at when they said it? Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. And joining me now as the Grizzlies get back going with the second half, even though it's not the second half, it's the last 26 games of the year. They they handle the Clippers. We'll hand, hand you off to uh, Jessica Vincent for pregame tip. We'll be at 7 in just a moment. But what we're going to bring on Parker Fleming to talk about it first. He is uh, – he's got a free sub stack for the Grizzlies, sub stack Alita. Some call him the Mark Stein of uh, of Grizzlies sub stack. That would be me who does that. But he is on X at Paca underscore fly. Parker, what's the word, man? How's it going? Dude, man, Gabe, I appreciate the high praise. Always good to hop on y'all's show. I do think you and Connor have the best show out there, really. Oh. Like, y'all can oh. cover anything. Y'all, You're going to offend some of our colleagues, brother. Come on now. Yeah, I don't want to offend any, but also there's bias. Y'all, y'all are my friends, so like, just know there's bias in that, too. But, no, y'all do a great job, excellent job. I see all the awards that uh, y'all and 92.9 are getting. Great stuff, much deserved. Great people over at y'all's network. Hopefully that kind of eases some tensions there. But, man, I feel great. It feels like spring. Uh, Phil is not a system groundhog. Like, it actually feels like spring <laughs> in February. And, you know, it's. I, I feel great, man. I hear you. I, I hear you. Now, how do you feel about the last 26 in this uh, in this season? Um, considering you, you have G.G. Jackson signed long-term. You have Vince Williams uh, Jr., Signed long-term. It looks like Jake LaRavia may be getting healthy, Marcus Smart, uh, Desmond Bain, maybe Brandon Clark will get a signing there. How do you feel about the last 26? I don't think the excitement is going to be there like it was heading into the All-Star break. Um, and some people will argue with me about excitement in general. But seeing these guys, Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. in particular, come along was a bright spot. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to be completely honest with this last 26, it's just kind of like enjoy stress-free basketball while you can because next year it's going to be incredibly stressful when you get everyone back, hopefully healthy, and you're trying to contend and win a championship in a very brutal Western Conference. So, like, just enjoy the stress-free basketball. Enjoy the flashes. Enjoy Gigi Jackson going out and going toe-to-toe with Giannis and Damian Lillard for 27 points. Enjoy – Vince Williams and these on-ball reps because he's not going to have the ball in his hands this much afterwards. He even acknowledged a couple weeks ago that he likes he likes his little corner. So like, right. he's going to go back to the corner next year. I mean, and then whether it's 
you know, guys like Zaire Williams, Jake Laravia, seeing if they can make the most of their chances. I know people aren't as excited about them as they are for Vince and Gigi, but, like, this is just stress-free basketball and enjoy it because you're probably going to see these guys do a lot of things that they may not do in a normalized role and situation. Yeah, now how much of this year can we sort of term it as blessing in disguise as a complete failure of a year? Like it looks, it's 20 and 36. Um, they're not going to get into the play in. Uh, you're, you're playing for a lottery pick at this point. But I think all of the injuries and all the things that went wrong and the moves they've had to make along the way there was an obvious, you know, because of the injuries, a spotlight put on the issues with this roster. And it feels like, obviously, the diamonds in the rough have, have, have sort of been shown. But how much do you look at this season as a blessing in disguise going into next year? Yeah, I mean, blessing in disguise is the right way to phrase it. Because, I mean, without the events that transpired this season, you wouldn't have found answers on the wing. And the wing has been the biggest hole in the Grizzlies depth chart for quite some time. I mean, even if you want to go back further, it's been a hole since Rudy Gay left. Mm-hmm. And you now have Vince Williams Jr. and Gigi Jackson who have really emerged as answers on the wing. And I think that they're fit. Like, you have those two guys, John Morant, Jason Payne, Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard. That's very good perimeter depth going forward. And I think those two guys in particular, again, I wrote about it this week, is they allowed this season to go from a lost season to a gap year because Mm -hmm. of them seizing the opportunity and really just taking these minutes by the horns, man. And that's been arguably the best part of the season is just seeing those two guys in particular seize the opportunity and emerge as the long-term pieces with the Memphis Grizzlies, as you alluded to earlier, that they're locked in long-term through the next three seasons. So, yeah, I mean, that's the best way to phrase it. And also, too, I didn't even mention, they're probably going to get a top-ten pick this year, which is probably the best asset that they've had from a trade or utilization standpoint since the 2021 draft. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I agree with all the fronts that you put out there. Yeah, and they definitely lucked into some money ball with the two contracts and G.G. Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. My favorite stat is the fact that you have Marcus Smart, Vince Williams Jr., and G.G. Jackson going into next year at $23 million uh, for that year. And then uh, uh, Dylan Brooks, who we can argue if we miss him or not. I think, of course, you miss him at least a tad, but he's making $22 million for the foreseeable future mm-hmm. per year. So I think that that's pretty phenomenal. Now, when you, uh, when you look at this, this roster as a whole, we know that the, the five is going to be the big issue and the big sort of uh, conversation going into this offseason. You're going to have to find someone who can play next to Jaron Jackson Jr. potentially, and you're going to have to find some depth. How do you expect them to do that? I, I mean, with that lottery pick you're talking about uh, – what what do you think is more likely? They use that pick to go find a guy like that, or they trade that pick to go find a guy like that? Man, you know, I was actually talking with some people uh, and some Grizzlies fans in a, in a chat earlier. They're like, do you think the Grizzlies start a rookie center next year? And I'm like, I don't know what to think, really. Um, and a lot of it really is based off just the intel that we have at this point. I mean, at this juncture of the NBA season – of the discourse, people like their guys. And they're not going to explore any trade options until the summer. But the thing I'm looking for, and I guess the answer to your question, is could they enter a situation 
with a team that's towards the back end of the lottery or the middle of the first round and do a little pick swap with them. I think Chris Harrington of Daily Memphian had floated out about a month or so ago uh, a, a pick swap situation where the Grizzlies would trade Santi Aldama, Zaire Williams, and their pick, and Orlando would trade Wendell Carter Jr. and their pick. So you get your five there. You trim the roster a little bit and avoid some restricted free agency decisions there. And even – I think that right now they're slated for like the 15th or 16th pick. I mean, there you're still getting some good guys. You you get you can get in the range of like Donovan Klingon or Steve right. Missy, who I saw you tweet about last week. He's a very good center. You can go he's a, he's a little bit raw. I'll say this, Parker. He's a little bit raw, but watching him run the floor and some of his offensive bag from the high post, it's kind of nuts. He yeah. can put the ball on the ground yeah. against bigs and go make something happen at the rim, and he's very high efficiency. Right, and it's one of those things where with a, a guy like Missy, if you make a trade like that and get Wendell Carter, you don't have to start. You don't have to start Missy next season. In fact, he can kind of develop in the G League a little bit and play behind Brandon Clark. Or if Brandon Clark isn't pre-injury, Brandon Clark you then have another backup center option that kind of offers that same vertical spacing that you're missing. And, I mean, also, too, you can even go get a wing like a Johnny Furphy or a right. Ryan Dunn, a guy like that. So, I mean, but at the end of the day, the big objective there is trading for a starting center, which, I mean, I think one way or another, that draft pick will be used to get their starting center, whether it's a veteran guy through a pick swap or a rookie Big man who, like, by the way, there are good big men in this class. I mean, obviously, they jump up into the first or second pick. Alexander Saar is a guy they can go get. Or if they kind of stay where they are, do a pick swap, you have Donovan Klingon, uh, Kyle Filipowski, or Eve Missy, or Kellauer Ware. Like, there are a lot of good bigs in this draft class. And can, can a rookie center play a lot of minutes on a team that's wanting to contend? I'm not sure. I still need to kind of do some more historical data on that one, but this is a good big man class, no matter what everyone else is saying about the draft as a whole. Now, Wendell Carter Jr. is the name that you brought up as a potential pick swap, uh, you know, a, a trade around uh, the the NBA draft. I know that the Magic at the trade deadline were not willing to offload him. Now, what do you think about the future of him in, in Orlando? Are they going to stick by that? Or considering they're going to have to pay, you know, the Franz Wagners of the world, the Paolo Banqueros of the world, is he expendable yeah. to them? That, that's, my, that's my thing that I, I don't know which way they would go because they have, they have ways they can save money for sure. I mean, right. They have – uh, Jonathan Isaac's not on guarantee next year. They have Markel Fultz's expiring contract. Joe Ingles on expiring contract. They, they can clear money before France and Paulo. But it's one of those things with like, can you give them one? Do they look at it as an opportunity to get one more good asset before you have to pay France and Paulo with that six, six or seventh pick? Like, do they use that to make Rob Dillingham the point guard of their future? Because they've been kind of having a revolving door of point guards with. Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, right. Markel Fultz, uh, RJ Hampton, who's not with the team anymore. So, like, do they use that opportunity to say, hey, like, I, we think this guy can fit with our system and this is this can really help us go forward to be a sustainable contender? That's kind of how I look at it there. I mean, but I think it's very unlikely. I mean, I know people have thrown out Clint Capella in that similar pick slot, but, man, I just don't see – 
I just don't see a way the Grizzlies desire to match that money. He's going to make $20 million next year. Like, right. Gabe, I'll ask you, would you trade Luke Kennard and stuff to go swap picks and get Clint Capella? I, I think that that's, that's a really tough one to ask. You need a guy like him. I think he, from a, from a role perspective, he'd fit in perfectly. But I am of the opinion, and I'll get to Luke Kennard in a second, I know people are talking about that money and that cap hit and the luxury tax implications and everything else. I think if this Grizzlies team wants to be at the peak of you know a championship contender, a playoff contender, win a couple of series, I think they need guys like Luke Kennard. Because quite frankly, even when they were second in the West winning 50 games per year the last couple of years, they didn't really have that offense that they could really rely on in the half court. And how do you fix that? How do you move into the 21st century with shooting? And Luke Kennard fits that role pretty fantastically. Now, I understand $14.1 million is a whole lot of money, but I think you just need guys like Luke Kennard. And based on what we heard from Zach Kleinman at, uh, after the trade deadline, it doesn't feel, and I want to I pose this to you, it doesn't quite feel like they're thinking about moving him pretty pretty seriously, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. People thought it could happen at the trade deadline. I, I just don't know if it's going to happen at all because I think they really yeah. value what he brings to the floor. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I was actually going to save this stat query for like a future post, but you know, Gabe, you led me to it because Hell yeah. you're a ball know- you're a ball knower by <laughs> by pushing these Luke Kennard agendas. There have only been four players in NBA history that have had four seasons shooting forty four percent. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Are better from three, and it's Herbert Davis, Steph Curry, Kyle Korver, Luke Kennard. Steph Curry and Luke Kennard are the only players to do it in, consec- in three or more consecutive seasons. He is on track to shoot forty-four percent or better again this season. Like, and all this time, everyone's like, "Man, we need three-point shooting. We need three-point shooting." You get one of the best in the league, and everyone wants to kind of just trade him for parts because of his defense instead of ignoring his elite defense. Yes, the defense is suspect, but again, you need guys like Luke Kennard because a guy like Luke Kennard can help swing a playoff game because of his outside shooting. Mm-hmm. Now he has to put up shots in playoff games, right? And that, yes, that's been that's absolutely. been a problem in the past where he, he is a little trigger trigger shy in those situations. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, like, it just opens up everything for John Morant, for Destin Bain, for Jaron Jackson Jr. Because I don't know if you noticed, but like right now, the only person whose gravity he's really working off is Jaron Jackson Jr. And when they got Jaron in a post-up, they often slot Luke a pass away to where if you double Jaron, like you're leaving Luke Kennard open. But if you're staying on Luke, you're giving Jaron a one-on-one matchup in the post. So like, that's why you need guys like Luke Kennard. And I think, I think at the very least we could see a opt out and extend where maybe right. they go like maybe a little years, more team friendly. Million. Yeah. A little bit more team friendly, reduce the cap books a little bit, but I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you that he's a guy that you need to have on your roster going into next season. Or at least someone similar, right? Like if, if you're going yeah. to make the decision to, to offload him, you're going to have to find somebody who shoots uh, the three ball at least a, a at least at a, a, a decent clip, decent enough clip yeah. to try to replace that production. But the problem is the stats you're bringing up, no one no one really does that at, yeah. at, at, his, will, at his level. Yeah, I will say I've seen people toss out the idea of Reed Shepard from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And if they go get a guy like Reed Shepard, like, then, yeah, you probably do need to trade Luke Kennard because that's just not enough size in your backcourt especially when you have John Morant, Destin Bain, and uh, Marcus Smart already out there. Then I'd be like, okay, I understand, especially since Reed Shepard's shooting something like 50% from three right. this season in Kentucky. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I, I want to ask you about uh, uh, Zaire Williams. What do you think the future holds for him? I, I know that we're coming off his best game, really in a Grizzlies uniform against the Bucks. 27 right. points, four rebounds, four assists, but that is few and far in between in his in his career. Um, what what do you think the future holds with him, or are you just going to sort of wait to answer that question after these last 26 games when he gets a little more run? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to wait for these next 26 games to kind of make a definitive decision. You know, I actually did write about this today on the Substack about how the games in his return are, like, he can build upon those. And it's not just with, like, his scoring volume or anything, but he also – he also just showed translatable elements to those games. And I primarily look at his defense, his individual defense on Damian Lillard, his defensive events, his screen navigation, off-ball defense. Like, he has the tools to be a really solid perimeter defender. I know he gets caught up in, like, overhelping and stuff, but, like, really kind of hone in on, you know, the three-point shooting, get into your mid-range, or – just just making good decisions on the ball offensively. He has a really high turnover rate when he has the ball in his hands a little bit too much. Uh, But defense, man, he just – not to be cliche, but he just had that dog in him defensively. Like, he he got into the trenches against Damian Lillard, and, like, you saw that last play last week where, you know, he's navigating around that screen, pokes the ball loose from Damian Lillard, and Dane's forced to shoot a half-court shot because they're scrapping for the ball and burning time off the clock uh, to feel that upset win. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, he's their most likely trade candidate because it doesn't look like they'll extend him. And also, too, he's going to be making $6 million next year where him plus one of Dante Aldamer or John Conchar can get you somebody pretty solid while also – opening up a roster spot to continue to 
make moves to bolster your roster. Mm-hmm. Now, Jake LaRavia was picked uh, last year's draft, 19th overall. We get all that. Um, how, how how do you feel about him? I know that you're, in, in lack of a better term, for lack of a better term, while everyone has given up on him, I think I am sort of in that camp. I don't know really what he has to provide for this team if he's not knocking down a three ball, if he continues to be injured the way he is. But I think you're one of the few people that's still putting those agendas out there, seeing, you know, asking <laughs> what can he give in these last 26. He's going to be questionable for the game tonight. He's likely going to play. We're going to get some shameless Jake LaRavia minutes because they probably want to see what he has for the rest of of the year, but what what do you think about him and and his future with with the Memphis Grizzlies? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that at the end of the day with with Jake, I, and I know people might end up seeing hearing this number and be like, "Well, that's enough." Like, how much more time does he need? He's played five hundred minutes through two seasons because his injury luck has been really bad. Like for context. David Roddy, who's picked in the same draft class, had to play 2,500 minutes before right. he got traded. So I just think it's just like we don't know. And he sh- like it's mainly like he needs to he needs to make his shots. At the end of the day, right. he needs to make his outside shot to find a role in this league. But I mean, I think the biggest thing for him this next 26 games, just find a way to stay on the like just stay on the floor like. And that's not any knock against him. It's just, like, very, very bad injury luck, really. I think somebody sent me something and where, like, he hasn't played seven or more games in a row in his entire it's career. Nuts. Like, at the end of the day, no matter what you think about him, Grant, he needs to show what he can do. But, like, it's hard to do that when you can't get yourself in a rhythm because you're in and out of line because you're getting hurt. Again, that's not a knock. That's just kind of the state of what his NBA career has been so far. So for him, I'm just hoping he stays healthy, finds a rhythm. I mean, at the end of the day, like, let's say you go into next season and Jake Arabia is like your 13th or 14th guy. Right. That's not bad. That's not terrible. It's And he's not making enough money to where it hurts your books tremendously. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he's 6'8", has a nice shooting stroke. He can kind of do a little bit of connective stuff as like a passer a ball mover, uh, somebody who can attack, close out, a little bit too audacious trying to dunk on people. But, like, <laughs> I see I see the vision, and I hope that he at least gets enough time and better injury luck to where he can at least show people what he's capable of. Now, last thing for you, we have Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart likely returning to the lineup at some point. I think three to five weeks is what we're looking at for both of those guys. Um uh, on the on the uh, conversation of if they do come back, what do you, what do you expect the Grizzlies to do as far as minutes are concerned? You, I, I would imagine, I'd imagine, especially at that point in the season, we're gonna be talking about the last you know fifteen game, last ten games, whatever it is. Feels like those guys are probably going to be limited minutes wise. But I, I sort of want your yeah. thought on that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not the expert on player health, sports medicine, or anything. Yeah, so I'm not. Right. Gonna- push anything crazy about these injuries and stuff. Obviously, at the end of the day, you want them to be conservative. I know um, host of the Giannato Jeffrey show and a commercial appeal columnist, Mark Giannato, point out yeah, he put out the notion of just shutting them down for the season uh, because 2024, 2025 is more important. I understand that. I see both sides of the, of the coin here. Uh, I mean, if they do return, can I at least just get like five games? Five games for them to establish some continuity together. 
but not fully push the envelope on risking their health going into next season, whether it's Smart, Bain, or Brandon Clark. I mean, with Brandon Clark, I do want him to play at least, like, five games just to, like, remove the mental block, and that way he's ready to go next season, in my opinion. Yep. Now, last thing here, we have uh, we have Brandon Clark uh, Brandon Clark clips. Are we going to have a summer worth of Brandon Clark clips and seeing how bouncy he is still after the Achilles injury? It looks like he's, he's in relatively damn good health. He's been working out with Jaron and Zaire and guys like that. Yeah, I mean, he's been working out with those guys. I mean, honestly, uh, I'm always here for some all-season workout clips to kind of Course. Get the hoop fix in, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm here for it regardless. I'm here no matter – like, as the meme says, I'll be there no matter what. I hear you. I hear you. Well, Parker, I appreciate it, man. You have a uh, good weekend, and we'll catch up soon. Yes, sir. You too, Gabe. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That's Parker Fleming. Uh, he, he has a uh, free Grizzly Substack, Substack Elitist. If you do decide to uh, go with a non-free version, all the support goes to St. Jude. Uh, we love what Parker does. Make sure you check check out Subsack Elitist, though. It is absolutely phenomenal. He is on X at Paca underscore Flocka as well. Now, on that note, what do you have to look forward to coming up this weekend? Well, uh, we're going to pass you off to the Grizzlies versus the Clippers. They're going to be back in action uh, coming up here soon at 7 o'clock. But what we're paying attention to, I think the most closely, especially locally, is the Tigers versus Florida Atlantic. I know that it's not going to make you feel better even if they win about their NCAA tournament hopes, but it does make you feel better about the state of the program heading into the American Athletic Conference tournament where they're likely going to have to win four games in four days to get into the NCAA tournament. So we'll see what they look like. We'll see what starting lineup they run out there. But on Sunday, that's going to be what we're watching. But let's pass you off to Jessica Benson right now. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. 
So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.